Hey there, and welcome to the second part of the bonus episode we did with Terrell Trace Carter, and uh, looking forward to this and his insightfulness. And so we decided after the first one, we got um, a good ways in, and then we thought, hey, let's just make this a two-part episode. And so this is the second part of that and a continuation of his story, um, some vulnerability as he talks about the uh, the point in, on February 13th and, and 2020 where things seem to converge and come together. Appreciate his insight and wisdom, and so there's no time better to jump back in than now. So here we go. I'm working full-time at Discover, 50 hours a week. I'm married, which is a job, or it needs the attention of, uh, it needs that much investment. Right. I had to learn this. Back then, I didn't grasp this, dude. I'm a, now I'm a, this is the episode where I get real. Um, I have a two, three-year-old daughter, and I have a one-month-old son, and I'm staring, or a couple-month-old son, and I'm staring at a business that just generated me the same amount in one month that what I was doing at Discover generated. Hmm. Right now, I'm investing 50 hours a week at Discover. So if I'm able to, even if I for a short time have to sacrifice a dip in income, I got a nice savings, like, you know, my credit score is an 800 at this yeah. point. Like, so like I done paid the whole year up front for the lease. So like, let's just go all in. Yeah. Like, whatever. April of 2017, I called Discover. We were, we had literally just did a complete reorg. So it was kind of like, the timing of right now with this pandemic is like the perfect time to like just rip those band-aids off, restructure stuff, increase your pricing, remove product lines that weren't selling, fire a couple people that you've been meaning to. Um, like, like this is the time to, on the other side of this, you can look complete. But back then, Discover was kind of in one of those modes. And I, I respected the role that I was in. You know, I wasn't vindictive. I could have stayed in that 50, I could have stayed in that six-figure world, bro and still did the discover thing, but I would have been, I would have had to sacrifice the quality of work that I was giving to discover. And that to me, when the Bible says, do all things unto the Lord, even if it's putting six figures in a bank account and like I'm able to stockpile it and save it. The fact that they would, they would be counting on me to do work that I would be cheating. And my friend, that is integrity. That's, those are the things where God is sitting back with his pen and paper. Like, okay, yep, you got it. We don't have, you've just completed the board. You can level up now. You can go to the next board because the amount of money doesn't impress God. It's the means with which you went and got the money and what you sacrificed in the process. If you had, if you made seven figures, but you had to stop reading the Bible and praying to God externally people might applaud you, but God is like, that don't mean nothing to me. So all that to say, I, I respectfully resigned from a role that was a shock to them because they just moved me. I was getting promoted and it's new. Everything I had thought I wanted at a corporate level, I was saying no to because I'm pursuing my passions. What do you have in your house? Right. I got this skill set. I'm going to go all in on it. You know, um, they like the Bible, the Bible says in Psalm one, you know, he will bless, he will bless what you put your hands to, like he will bless what you do. 
you ain't doing nothing. Give him a vehicle to bless you exponentially. So I went all in, bro. And business mistake number one, I had to learn it in blood, was, remember I said how Venus and Mars from the inception was going to service that holistic entrepreneur, like really become a one-stop shop media company to solopreneurs who can't really afford like building a whole staff. Like they get to kind of contract out like, you know, 30, 40, 50 hours a month of media productivity that ranges from getting their haircut, getting their wardrobe developed, like getting their videos shot and edited, photos edited, audio recorded and mixed, um, you know, their website designed and maintenanced, um, you know, social media managed and content created and captions and hashtags, like to allow a pastor or a realtor or a salesperson or, you know, a small business owner to delegate all that to a team, a cohort of professionals. So that right now, like if somebody was pivoting right now in COVID, like I want to start a business, like you got to be really, you got to look, you, there's a look online that you need because everybody's online now and attention is a commodity. And, and the same way people are stingy with their money, they're stingy with that commodity to call time and attention. Wow. That's good. Like, that's so good. like, I'll give you five seconds. I'll like, if a friend refers your page to me on social media, you got five seconds. They've realized I've devoted so much of my time and attention online. Like I need to scale back. So they're going to be very selective with who they tune into and what. So like as a brand that puts a pastor that puts a realtor in a position like, no, you have to not only be an expert, you are an expert. You know the Bible more than anyone. Your messages are great. But if you can't compellingly translate that into a digital age, I'm not saying God can't do, because God can bring an audience wherever, <laughs> you know. But the reality is, is that Jesus was always sensitive to positioning himself to where the masses were. That's why instead of me sitting on the, on the, on the shore, I'm going to jump in the boat and distance myself from the boat so that these thousands of people on the shore can see me and hear me better. There were some times where I have a more intimate message. I know that I need to separate, not this ain't for the masses. I'm taking three of my close tribe up to an exclusive place. He knew how to position who he was in front of the right audience. And in a digital age, you have to do the same because what you find is you have a lot of people giving that you know, Mount of Transfiguration intimacy in a shoreline audience. So it's like, no, no, no. It, you got to understand who you are, what you're bringing to the table. It has to be defined. You need brand colors. You need a logo. You need a media kit. Because if you're trying to sell a product online, like you need to go create opportunities. You need the work of a publicist who can act, they know, they know about Aaron's podcast. They know that you're releasing a book. So they reach out to Aaron. Hey, my dude's doing a release. Can he join your pod? Like you need people working behind the scenes to create those opportunities so that you just focus on being a dope pastor and having dope messages and hearing from God. But online, you know, then a guy like me, I'm the one that cuts your hair. I'm the one that develops your wardrobe. 
I'm the one that understands your preferences. I spend time understanding who you are, your personality, what you want to say, what you want to be said about you, defining your brand and helping to put a look with that, right? Really developing the packaging of the person and then determining what shelving you should go on to because that's product placement. You know, you can have a great shampoo, but if it doesn't have a great package and if it's not in the right place where the right people see it, it won't get bought. If it's not priced right, you know, like all of that is work that if a solo entrepreneur had to like not only not only be competitive at making the best cupcakes, I also have to be the best and competitive at the content I create, the like, that's why I wanted to build Venus and Mars to have this one-stop shop experience that someone could plug into, do some investment on the front end with just getting their ideas out. And then you have a team of professionals that operates as your media department. So when you log in online, it's seamless across everything, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Like all of your content is defined, your bios are tight, your links are updated. If you're running giveaways or campaigns, your mail, uh, your Mailchimp drip campaigns are synonymous with like the 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 opt-ins on your website. It's all and like maintenance quickly. Like if you had an idea today, oh man, I want to do a giveaway on my podcast with Terrell to give away, I don't know, some hair care products. I don't know. Like maybe we could do that. That's the thing. Like the ability to like within, within 24, 48 hours, have a portion of your website refined to like, like to have that type of efficiency. That's what I wanted Venus and Mars to, to do. But the big mistake that I made was with a diverse product offer like that, I was newly out of my position at Discover. So I was trying to bridge the income gap too quickly. And what happened is I got overweight with barbering clients because that was the thing I did in my sleep. But I can do that so fast and like, you know, 30, 30 bucks a haircut, 40, 50 bucks a haircut. I can do those in 30, 45 minutes. I did math that way. And what happened over a year and a half, I got so bogged down with, you know, I got, I got booked top to bottom. So now I'm behind the chair. 50, 60 hours a week cutting hair, making decent money, but I had to sacrifice my initial vision because I can't also be content creating and doing all this stuff. So like it reached a point where like, I just kind of had to put those elements on the back burner and my brand, I started to get known as the barber, you know, go to Terrell and like the original, and here I am trying to upsell somebody who you came to me for with a $30, $40 expectation after tip. And I'm over here trying to upsell branding and, and like content creation. It's a hard pivot when really now that I'm in quarantine and I'm like reviewing the past two years of my life, I realized the mistake that I made is I should have doubled down on like being the branding expert and still delivering the haircutting but it's on the other side of having a conversation. If you were a small business owner and I was talking to you and you realize like, yo, I want to start a podcast, but right now I work at a bank. It's like, I want to be able to be quickly and efficient. And you say you can do all of that for me and I can just focus on the content that I'm delivering, you know, and you can like, oh, I bet. Yeah. 
and you can cut my hair like for the people that live in my you know like like oh yeah i'm all in so it's much easier to convert somebody who is committed to rebranding and saying like as a special bonus i'm also elite at haircutting and i can be your personal stylist like i'm your personal stylist in your wardrobe your hair i manage your social media as if it's my own you know i think on behalf of your business as i work for you as your media company you know and i facilitate relationships with graphic design copywriters um, photographers, videographers, um, publicists, social media managers, even content developers, you know, co uh, communication experts, people who can actually help you strategize and build your content flow. Like that is an experience for an entrepreneur. It's like, oh shoot. And I can have that quickly. Like that's the thing with entrepreneurs. Most people that go into entrepreneurship, they know how to go on YouTube and study how to do it and like can become pretty proficient at it, but you sacrifice time and focus. You know what I'm saying? And money, buying the courses to learn how to do social media marketing. Right. You done spent two, three weeks just focusing on that, but Corona done morphed in two weeks. And so your industry has different, you couldn't stay on top of that. So it's like, like my shift now that I'm making in Venus and Mars is getting back to that because a lot of people need that. And I'm also realizing that my industry, though I'm watching how the world at large treated my industry. And I think every entre entrepreneur should be reacting to how does your government view your, your industry? When we're talking about recession proof, this was, this was a litmus test to if your industry was really in, uh, recession proof. Because the thing about the digital age is industries that used to be recession proof Back in the early 1900s, you know, the late 90s, even 2008 during that, that recession, like businesses back then that were, see, we were, were, we are recession proof. This was another litmus test. Are you still recession proof? And the fact that we watched a governor announce salons have to close. And for eight weeks, hairstylists literally have not had streams of income. They've literally been banging on the, the Small Business Association's door talking about, hey, any more of that money that Trump cleared up? I know he gave $350 billion in a couple weeks. They're, they're asking. So it's like what I'm doing right now, my calling, what I feel right now is I'm doing a, a, a layer of things. One is helping people to realize like we are not going, there is not a normal to go back to. Get ready for a new normal. Your industry is over. I don't. Like every industry is doing business differently. It will never be the same. So stop trying to, I can't wait for things to go back to normal. You know, what you really mean is stable, but you're going to be stabilizing a new normal. So mm, it's almost, good. it's time to reanalyze your business. And for me, I'm two years into owning a salon. So I've never owned one or worked in one for real. Anyway, so I'm still learning the ins and outs of just the basics of that business while still like I'm so I'm learning, I'm overwhelmed working in the business that I don't even have enough time to work on it. But yet and still just off of talent, grit, you know, any entrepreneur that's doing things like that will have enough of that to get by. But one of the best books that I've ever read was it says what got you here won't get you there. Wherever you think you are. And where you want to be, the habits, the practices, 
where you were investing your time, energy, and money, just because it got you here, don't use that as the, the barometer by which you say, it'll get me there. You need new plans. You need new insights. So for me, I'm helping people to answer that question. What's in your house? If you got to pivot, if you need, if you are in a chaotic situation, you are under fire. Real gold doesn't fear fire. So let me speak to you spiritually at that level. God is in that fire with you. Now that that is clear, what do you have in your house? Because the PPP loan ain't going to fix your problem. You need a new mindset. You need a new paradigm. The church, as much as you know, God can bless you through the church, and he has one church, they started a fund and have raised almost $150,000 in six weeks and gave 100000 of it direct to those who have applied for it, you know, in our church and beyond. So like th those are there, those are great. That helps you get through the week. But what about when this pandemic subsides this summer and it resurfaces in the colder months? Like, are you going to be back in the same position or are you going to innovate through the chaos so that way you can handle today's creditors, but still be able to live on a new process, a new business model? So I'm just, I'm, I'm starting that message. For a lot of people, that's all they need from me. You know, some people will hear that and they already got teams in place. They're, you know, they're going to go back to their boardroom, like, and, and have that language and be all inspiring and boom, their organization. If you need my support in that transition of, all right, I've identified what's in my house. I want to make that pivot, but I got to pivot fast and I got to pivot with excellence. So I kind of need you to bend the curve for me. I need to bend the curve. Um, I've made some pivots with my business now that I've had time to stop just looking at myself as a barber because that aspect of who you are got cut off. I'm also a traveling platform artist with Babilis. So I travel around the US and do demonstrations. I just did an expo in Long Beach in January. Um, there were 30,000 people there. And I'm on stage with, with like the juggernauts of the industry because Babilis is one of the top tier like tool companies, flat irons, blow dryers, clippers. So I'm up on stage with people that have hundreds of thousands of followers, million plus followers, like the biggest booth at this whole expo up on stage. And I'm only two years. This is, so this is the narrative. This is how they even introduce me. Cause these guys, most of the guys that are on this stage, they had to cut their teeth in the industry. They worked in a salon. They were, they're in the industry 10 years before they even got up on stage. So they needed a year or two to get good. And now they're 20 year veterans that, are just now getting to that place. Coming to the stage, we got a salon owner from Columbus, Ohio. Ladies and gentlemen, only two years out of high school. Are you serious? This dude went from the, from, from the school to the stage. Like the power of reason, the reason why I released the ebook that I just released on how to outsource your teams because that expands your capacity. That allows you to go door to door and find jars of varying sizes. Some people can give you a, a gallon. Some people can give you eight ounces of potential time, resource, expertise, but nonetheless, go collect your jars and don't just get a few because that thing we've identified as your, you know, what's in your house, God's going to multiply it, but he's only going to multiply it by your capacity to receive it. So the more experts that you have at a table to have an idea about a website and in 24, 48 hours, have it done, Oh, that's a great jar to have. Yeah. So sure. I'm pivoting my business 
because right now it's less about the haircut and it's more about that, that holistic, I'm pivoting online. For a lot of businesses, this is going to be the first time, like I said, with churches, they've been getting by not even needing a online presence. But now it's like, you may only need a online presence or at least 75% of your, the church, like look at, it might change the dynamic of church that people have for eight weeks have been forced to experience church from home and they've actually fallen in love with it, bro. I don't got to go. I don't got to get out of bed, but I'm my, the worship music, but it's engaging. I thought it would be bad, but it's not as bad as I thought. Satellite locations about to blow up. But if you scale too fast, if you scale a flawed model, you're just going to have a big pile of mess when it all topples down because it will. Again, shrewd business people, entrepreneurs, they can make it work for so long, but it reaches a point that like you scaled it to a point where it was already hemorrhaged. It was already had a slow leak of blood. Now it's hemorrhaging cash. And this external persona that you scaled to, you can't maintain it financially. So, you know, how do you have someone like that's where Venus and Mars now and honestly, I don't know if I would call it Venus and Mars. You're literally catching me at a time where I'm pivoting, where the, the guys that I've had as, as contractors, like guys that I was outsourcing to, to help facilitate for my clients, I'm like, how about we just be like the Avengers, bro, and come together yeah. and build a bigger business that now we have this collective, that's like Venus and Mars lifestyle collective. That was my original vision. But that brand has been tainted as a hair. I don't want to say tainted. It's just been painted as a salon because if you look at the Instagram page, this is all haircuts. And it, it be, so now we're making business decisions around what do you call it? Because that's important. When I say Venus and Mars in my city, people think of a hair salon. So, you know, I've had conversations with some of my contractors like, I keep you, like, you still will be behind the helm. You're COO, but let me just buy your business because I want to attach it to mine. And he was, he gave me a figure and I, we were talking through that. But as I'm building the business plan, I'm like, I don't think that it's a harder thing to understand from the customer's perspective, a salon that just acquired a branding firm, but it's a much easier, it goes back to that. Remember I said, trying to upsell a, a, a barbering client to bear branding. It's a much easier understanding like this branding firm has absorbed and expanded their services to like grooming and personal styling, like personal image consulting services. We've already been doing the branding, marketing, online, social media management. Now we have this unique nuance that helps us to serve solo entrepreneurs better. So those are the conversations. I literally just had that conversation this morning uh, with my business strategist. Yesterday I had it with my branding expert. So it's like, I'm actually just going to put these experts in these places in a new business model that I'm building out. So that's like in the quarantine to go back to why, when my revelatory moment around what's in your house, Terrell, your finished basement. Remember I brought that up in episode one when God, cause God, God never has us preach a message that he doesn't first preach it to us. The reason I'm so passionate about it is because I've learned it in blood. God had to ask me the pandemic is here and this won't be the last. What do you have in your house? That is the calibrating question. God can multiply anything you hand to him, but 
let's not let's not try to get anything that's outside of our house. What do you already got? Let because like let's use I've already gave it to you. Let's just use what I've already gave you. You know, helps you be efficient anyway. Because when you got a lot of money, it's easy to just spend frivolously. But when you're forced to be like, what's already in my house? You know, you 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 answer that differently. So for me, I had a thousand square foot of unfinished basement, about 60% done. And I, what's in your house? And I go downstairs and I'm like, I turn my gym into a recording studio. So about 300 square feet. I'm recording, got my treadmill desk in there, um, audio equipment, everything that I need to record tonight. I also built a platform called Bending the Curve. Because remember I said my goal is to help entrepreneurs who want to pivot and pivot fast. Yeah. I'm building a company called Bend the Curve where we've designed the website and we're going, that's where I'm going to be the educator. All that skill that I learned in training, like what I'm going to do with podcasts, like I'm looking for people that are all, like I said, I'm, I know I could stop right now and be that expert really quickly, but it's like, no, no, no. I'm building a, a, a cohort of our people who are already experts and let's just build a dominant media company. Let's build a media company together. If you're already doing branding, let's just, you're the, you're the chief branding officer. You're already doing, you know, podcasts. I mean, cause you're doing, you know, you're the chief, whatever that. And like, let's just build it. So all that to say, the key though is building it fast and with excellence. So that's, I'm building, bending, bending the curve. That's the individual that I'm, that, that I'm serving that person who's in that seat, but I don't want them to make the mistake that I made getting so caught up working in the business that they don't have the capacity to work on it. Because for a lot of people, if you're the visionary, you're the one who started it. The best value you can add to the organization is staying in that sweet spot, that visionary sweet spot, dreaming of like watching your market. What's the new laws and regulations around my market? If you're the one in the back frying the chicken too, it's hard to, to follow the news that's coming out. You know, like if you're the one, you're the janitor, you're running the payroll, you're the one who's handling the food being cooked, you're the one trying to handle social media, and you wonder why everything is just a C plus across the board. I mean, it's passing, but it's just C plus. You're gaining weight, you can't work out. Your wardrobe's trash. You're still wearing clothes from 10 years ago because you just don't have the time to be intentional. Yeah. That is the, that's the entire need that I'm trying to meet at a personal level. And even that, that bending the curve brand that I'm building out is being able to, what, oh, because I was telling you, what are people expecting from Trace Carter? What's in your house? That revelation. People can run with that. If you need my help doing it, I have this media team that I'm building out that can be a one-stop shop media company for you, your brand, your business. You want to be an influencer online. You want to start writing books. You want to release cooking webinars online. We are right there to help you right now build out your brand, build out your website, build out your social media strategy, partner with you in content creation and help deliver a pristine online representation of who you are. We aren't fabricating. We actually do an in-depth dive on the front end. Who are you? What are your preferences? Where, where are you going? We yeah. become a really dope passenger into your car. So like, you know, you're still the driver, but I'm asking you a lot of questions because I'm helping set the GPS and I'm going to just help you see your blind spots. You know, I'm going to just be a good passenger, but you're still driving. I'm just going to help you get to your destinations a lot quicker with more yeah. efficient routes and help you to know about traffic 
that you may not have otherwise noticed because you were too busy on a call with, you know, the director of, you know, your board and you didn't know you were about to run into traffic. Let me help you navigate while you drive. You're still the owner of the vision. We just help you get there faster and more efficient. I will partner with people on that. Um, but then there's also, like I said, that educational piece um, or really just that the creative piece. Cause like I said, I'm an educator, I'm an orator. I've spoken at churches. I want to go and do more of that. Cause I, I love the Bible. I love making God's word very like right now applicable to how I'm living. So being able to do that more, being able to jump on podcasts like this, being able to have that outlet where I can exert some of this, like when I say like deliver some of this wisdom, I'm very well aware of where it comes from. I'm just a conduit of wisdom a conduit of creativity. So anything wise or created that comes from me, the glory is to God because he designed me. I'm just a tool. He's the one using me. So like, but in that though, I want to be able to make sure that I'm not wasting anything that God's given me. I've read 50 plus books a year for the past six years, bro. Hmm. So that whole time I'm going to work, coming home, reading the Bible, trying to be married, going to school, kids are happening, mom is dying. You know what I'm not doing? I'm not watching Netflix. All the pop, I have no idea what Orange is the New, I have no idea about the plot of Orange is the New Black. Uh, I don't because the, the downtime that I did have, I knew, I knew 24 hours a day is all I had. And the same way I spend $24, I got to like budget 24 hours. And if at the end of my busy day, all I have is 30 free minutes. Yeah. I got to spend it on something that's investing. And yeah. I read books literally. So like even to slow down enough to have these other pieces working in the new business and being able to support entrepreneurs, um, freeing up my time to, you know, do book reviews. Some people just don't read as fast as I do. And, and actually have the time to do it. So again, if I'm serving the entrepreneur, my ability to, to dissect Malcolm Gladwell's outlier book in a five minute, here are the things you need to know. Here are the main points. Yeah. And I, you know, I know my gifting. I can be very charismatic people, my voice, I can listen, I know, but I also have a recording studio now, now in my house. So I can right. record any, so like it's all coming together for me. Like you're looking at somebody who was in the same shoes as that woman I'm, I'm, I was in that same boat because when the pandemic hit me, you want to know where I really was, bro? Let me tell you about my year. 2020, rightfully so, has been easily the hardest year of my life and it's only five months in. Hmm. Because January, it all came to a head because I'm running this business, Venus and Mars. I have two contractors from October, oh, let me just, from October to the pandemic starting in March, I worked seven days a week, bro, straight. I literally, the only day I had off was Christmas day where I did no work. Every other day, I'm talking about New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, Valentine's Day, every single day from October to the end of February, I worked seven days a week, bro unhealthy, unhealthy, because I'm that entrepreneur. I'm gritty. I'm a, I'm a get it done. Like, and I committed to it and I'm working at Venus and Mars. I got two employees and two contractors that work in there. You know, I got tax account. I got other people that support it, but inside the building, um, 
I got all of that going on. Babilis, I brought a celebrity hairstylist to my salon in October, and that opened up a new lane where that's through her, through bringing her to, to my salon on an unrelated educational tip. She was showing us haircuts with shears. And then I had no idea in the background that Babilis was putting together an all-star influencer team. And she was going to be on it. Her name's Presley Poe. She's 130,000 followers on Instagram, just coloring and cutting hair. She's in my salon. And I didn't even do any hair there. I just was facilitating. I'm being a good host. And just through conversation, she was like, hey, have you ever thought about education? Uh, yeah, actually. In my past life, that's what I did. And I knew I ultimately wanted to get there in this industry, but I've only been out of school for two years. I didn't think it could happen this fast. I thought I had to build something and get all this credibility. You know, that was my five, 10-year plan. She was like, well, a lot of these brands, they just, do you got the raw elements? They'll teach you their products and how to use them. You know, they just, what they can't teach is charisma or, you know, came public speaking. And you already doing that with your church. And so all that to say, literally seven days later, after that, I brought her, Babilis is on the phone making me an offer. And here's that amount. This on one call, it wasn't an interview. It was a, hey, here's our offer. We already, we already made our decision. Yeah. That's October of 2019. I got that call. I had just hired two new stylists for the first time. I thought I had a, you know, a situation set up where I had a manager there, but it just didn't work out. So December, I'm, oh, at the start of November, I'm sorry, the start of November, I started one church. I'm a creative direct, like, or my title's communications director, but it's the work of a creative director. Doing everything that I just said around, like, the whole digital presence, marketing, social media, content creation, stage communication. I owned all of that for one of the largest, I'm sorry, one of the fastest growing churches in the Midwest. You know, when I like, and like, I'm doing that. When I started there, they had about 5,000 followers on Instagram. They're almost at 9,000, you know? So being able to implement a lot of those processes, I was practicing skills that now building a media company I'm, I'm able to do, but it almost cost me everything, Aaron. Like, Here's the day. Here's the, this is February 13th, 2020. Literally, this was a harder day than when my mother died because I'm, I'm four months in of going seven days a week. I'm tired, bro. I'm gassed. And I'm naturally a person. I naturally have more endurance than everybody else. So like, you know, arrogance, like, man, I can work seven days a week. I'll just sleep these little windows. I'm good. And I'm not even sleeping. I'm staying, I'm pulling all nighters, bro, because I'm having to manage a salon, manage my clients. Uh, I just traveled to Long Beach for Babilis. So I'm prepping content for Babilis while I'm still, while I'm on an airplane building, you know, job descriptions for one church. And I'm getting a call from one of my hairstylists saying that we're out of developer and hair color. And I'm like, and, and I'm serious, bro. And my, you, I, I misplaced my priorities hmm. because you know what was being sacrificed? My role as a husband and a father. And remember when I said that about the millions you amass, the brand that you uh, gain, the influence that it has, if you have to sacrifice the things that are important to him, he will bring a moment. He will, 
Remember I told you about the, the, the clay getting smashed yeah. by the potter? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. We have to start over because I don't give a, I don't care. I don't care about the business you built. If you have, if your wife is not proud to be your wife, hmm. I don't care about the position and the role that you have and how many followers you have on Instagram, how many podcast subscriptions you have, how many downloads of your ebook you have. It doesn't matter if your kids are learning more about you through online than your actual presence. That's good. So February 13th, bro, this was my day. My wife was so fed up with me not being emotionally available to her and her, our family. Cause Cause when you work seven days a week, I'm always working. I'm always thinking about my business while I'm making dinner. I'm thinking about my business while I'm eating dinner. I'm thinking about my business while my wife wants to hang and watch Netflix. I'm on my phone looking at social media cause I'm trying to manage and like she, Terrell, you don't prioritize us, bro. So like, you don't, you ain't, and like, I'm the guy like, okay, we'll get to it. As soon as I get the business as soon as I fi- and she's very gracious and understanding. So, but she's fed up. She had put out, put up, I put her through the hardest two years of her life starting this business. My wife is a slave to security and stabilization. That's just who she is. And like, I, I gave her that lifestyle at 25 years old, you know, making six figures, you know, when you're clearing seven, $10,000 a month, you don't got car payments, you, you building houses. That was her lifestyle to where I go into entrepreneurship and like, the income is like, if I, if I don't work, I don't eat. Yeah. And, and the pain, what I didn't realize is that the unresolved trauma of my life became the fuel that made me work really hard because like my work became my medicine. So that's, I was finding my value again in my work. And like, it just came to head February 13th. She had went ahead and just booked counseling and just put it on my calendar. I had no input on who it was. But I showed up in counseling, bro. It's, I'm dead serious. This was, this was my day. I had to go to my salon first and handle some clients. And like, you know, I was rushing because I got behind on a hair color. My wife's texting me, see, uh, like I'm dealing with that, you know. And I, so I'm sprinting to my car. I'm driving. I'm, a, I, I'm trying to find, I'm, the room is, you know, it's in a suite. And I get there, I'm like 15 minutes late. My wife's irritated, obviously my first counseling session, my marriage is on the rocks, but I'm blinded to how on the rocks it is. Cause I haven't really analyzed it for six months. My wife in that training was able to vocalize. I'm holding on by a thread. Hmm. And for the first time, probably in my, in my marriage, I realized that this, this grit that everybody online is applauding you for, is about to cost you your marriage. Hmm. If you're going to put anything down, it can't be this marriage because God has done too much in your life. He's put you in too much of a position for you to choose the substance over the family because like you'll lose something. If you get divorced because you wanted to prioritize your business, there's a section of people you will no longer be able to minister to. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. David had to learn the hard way. He had bloods on his hands. God still called him a man after my own heart, but we got to save the building of the temple for your son. There's hmm. certain mistakes that if you make, not because God is not gracious, but because of the people, 
God is the one who removes our sin from us as far as the East is from the West. God is the one who loves us so perfectly that he has and keeps no record of wrong. But people, people don't forget, bro. People are not God, bro. If you make a mistake like that, the stakes can be un, like, like they're permanent. It's a permanent scar. And like, do you want, do you want that? So for the first time in counseling, I had to process that. We literally had a meeting on the heels of that. Like, so we finished, it was two to three. From, from 3.30 to 4.30, I had a meeting with the lead pastor and the executive pastor of one church submitting my resignation. And it blindsided them. So like, <laughs> you know, this is right before pandemic. I, I literally became a one, almost like I was a one man department to some degree at one church because they, they had this external presence they had to maintain and develop, but the interior infrastructure wasn't built yet. And because of my experience building teams, I said, if you keep this up at a pace that it's going without stopping to build this infrastructure, it will collapse. And like, so let me pause and build the infrastructure. But that's, that's the season I had to do everything or at least be the, the lid, the bottleneck for everything through this creative department through, through like one of the most, you know, when church is the, the, the Christmas time is the number one time of the year. So when like, but I, I finally reach a point where I got to give this up. So I go to counseling, I go into this meeting and it felt like breaking up with your girlfriend, bro. It felt like a divorce because <laughs> these are people that I've loved. I've gone to this church for three years and given my gifts. I've never asked for a dime. It's been all just because I want to use my gifts to build up God's kingdom. I said no to working there several times until I worked out what I needed to in Venus and Mars to be able to pivot that time. And when I thought I had it together, I made the pivot. What I had in order collapsed. And then I had to shoulder that burden back again. But I had already said yes to one church. I had already said yes to Babylon. So, but I realized like I got to say no to one church. So I, I resigned. That evening, I had to go get some stuff for my salon. And one of my hairstylists, ones that I, that I hired in October, left me a handwritten letter, bro, a four page letter of why she was quitting today. Like, and left her key, left her key in the bag. So I'm sitting in my salon, bro, sitting down for the first time by myself, having the process. I might lose my marriage. My wife doesn't know how to get through this. I just resigned from one church and I don't know if the relationships will ever be the same. Cause when you, you know, once, once you work with people, you know, it changes the dynamics. And like my salon is like, clearly failing because I can't give it the time that is demanding. I thought I would have, I thought I had this managerial presence who would manage the day-to-day -day operations, but that just didn't work out. So the day-to-day -day operations from inventory to just personnel development, I was so busy building that one church that it, it wasn't working out. Bro, I'm in a crisis, fam. Crisis. Do you know what happened? Do you know what happened a week later? COVID. Rudy Gobert. 
<laughs> is announced to have the virus and that set in motion. The reason I was confident leaving one church is because in my mind, okay, I got Babylon secured. I'm going to be traveling at least once a month. That's a couple grand a show. You know, I do one or two of those plus what I make behind the chair. Like, okay, I can make that pivot back. Okay, let's do it. So I had one week of just doing that and like getting my mind ready for that. I'm about to fly out to New York, March 7th, the first weekend in March. I was about to fly out to New York for a show. Rudy Gobert got announced that, that Tuesday. Bro, my show got canceled for Friday or for Saturday. It was that whole weekend. And like, but again, at that point, we didn't know what was happening. So I'm still thinking, okay, April's still there. May, June, July. Like I'm booked out all the way through like July for these shows. Bro, a couple of days later, everything's canceled. A week after that, my salon has to close. I'm still in a season of processing what just working on my marriage. Um, transitioning out of one church is still trying to maintain those relationships and be intent. Because the last thing, if I want those relationships, I got to invest in them now or it will easily be six, seven months and I haven't talked to any of them. So it's like, and like, what do I do with these employees? You know, I had transitioned them to independent contractors because I felt that that would be easier to manage. And like, now they're hit with COVID and like, all right, all right, God, that's so, so I became that woman, bro, to like land this plane. Like I became that woman where instead of following the norm of just panic and confusion in the midst of chaos to really lean into the Holy spirit and, and vocalize my pain, vocalize where I am. The woman was being honest about where she was. It's not complaining when you're being honest to God, God, this is where I'm at. I'm about to lose my marriage. You know what I'm saying? My kids would be devastated. Uh, like help me through this. Like I'm struggling financially because like when I brought in those employees, when you bring in employees, you either you either pay a top notch dollar to bring in somebody who's already established or you can you can get it for a discount if you're willing to develop it. Because I had what I thought had that presence in place that would nurture it. I was willing to take a loss for a month or two while they get trained and they would hit the ground running at the top of the year. What happened was they got onboarded. I lost that presence. And I thought that I could be that presence, but I just realized I couldn't. So these stylists that came in who were promised development weren't getting it. And one left and the other one is filling out applications for being a flight attendant and using me as a reference. <laughs> but I'm paying, but I'm paying their salary doc. Yeah. You know, like I'm paying them, a, I'm paying them money while I'm super busy in my chair. Cause my books are full. They're sitting in their chair next to me on Instagram. And I'm paying them a salary to do this. I'm getting gashed financially because I made these decisions trying to scale a flawed model. Remember I said, those are mistakes I'm trying to help people not make. And, and like, dude, I needed God, but God's response, bro, was not a handout. I like to this day, I didn't get a stimulus check yet. I didn't get a small business stipend yet. I haven't got any loans yet. I, me, my wife, and the hand of God has been sustaining us. And 
you know, because they've outlawed. I can't even go. I can't cut hair legally. I can't just announce, hey, I'm doing house calls. Had to cease all of it. You know, and there, there's, there's still that. Like, I still want to protect my family. So I'm not going out like that, you know, because right. if I get my family sick, I don't even have, like, I don't even have health insurance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, hesitant to start their, to go all in on their dream because it doesn't feel like there's, like, they do more job protecting the employees and making that seat more cushy versus the small business owners. But that's a whole other. That's why I want to be that type of a help and resource because I realize being a small business owner, I realize how few um, like resources there are for us. So I want to bridge that gap with my experience, you know, building what I've built. Um, and that's where I am, man. God's response was what's in your house? What's in your house? Oh, you, you already got a production studio built. Plug in stuff. You know how to finesse. Put your camera angles in a certain way. People don't even know you're in an unfinished basement. You got backdrops. You know what I'm saying? You got a recording studio. Make some music. I know how to leverage social media now. I put music down five years ago where I had the talent, but I didn't have the business savvy. So I spent five years learning the music business. Now you know how to use, use music to sell eBooks. Use music to just get attention and reroute attention to education and consulting. You know, like I know how to do that now. So I'm making that pivot. Me going door to door was calling up my contractors and, hey man, what does a more extended partnership look like? I had a friend who literally helped me build, he's a branding expert. He built my full brand guide. I'm talking about logo, color design, fonts. Um, my brand, he's been managing, he set up and managed my MailChimp, uh, my email marketing, segmentation, the drip campaign, built two websites for me, all while I'm, re- I'm at home recording like visual overlays, adding subtitling and releasing them. But I'm doing giveaways because I got all these hair supplies that I brought home. Like I took product off the shelf. I don't know why I need it, but I'm going to grab it just. And I had the idea of like, like giveaway, like quarantine hair care packages. And like, this is me innovating through the chaos, you know, release a video. But in order for people to enter into the video, uh, to the contest, they have to follow you. They have to comment three friends and they have to subscribe to your newly email, like your new website. And people were doing it. And I did that, gave away five packages. I was like, let's do it again. I made another music video. And like, if you look at the rap videos, like it's, it's a live visual of me rapping like in one take. So it's not like engineered. It's, it's literally, you get to watch a vocal performance and enter into contest. So I'm just garnering attention. Cause I know a t- I, I like Gary V, his book, uh, Jab, 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 Right Hook. I don't know if he's the originator of that concept or if he just packaged it beautifully, but nonetheless, I accredit it to him because that's where I heard it first. But it's this marketing concept and I like boxing. The jab doesn't knock anybody out. It's not designed to. The jab helps you analyze your opponent. You throw the jab to see how they respond to punches. And as you're throwing your jab, you're positioning where I'm going to throw my hook. You know, so I'm throwing the jab. I'm watching how your feet respond. I'm watching how do you defend? Do you go like this? Do you do one hand? Like, do you crouch? Because I'm like, because then I'm going to fake the jab. I've studied how you moved. Then I'm going to throw the jab, but then I'm going to come and go right in your ribs with the hook. Yeah. So when you do that to your consumer, 
in a nonviolent way. You're just watching how they respond to stuff. Yeah. Knowing that you're about to start selling eBooks, webinars, you know, the hook you want to throw. It's just one, getting enough attention, getting people acclimated to your voice, building out your brand definition online in a time where everybody's online right now. The influx of social media usage, astronomical, bro. Astronomical. I can't wait until like, you know, Gallup and these guys, the statisticians get a hold of the data from even the influx from on average, you got two, 300,000 people here in the U.S. filing for unemployment a week across the U.S. on average to where there were about over 7 million since the pandemic. Yeah, it's unbelievable. We're talking at, so on social media, all these businesses stop. People are at home. Kids are at home. The usage of social media is great, but only if you can capture the attention. Right. Because everybody's going live. So I had to, I knew I had to build that attention for myself, throw some jabs. And this guy, he stepped into the fire with me because yeah. he's another small business owner leading a branding firm. He can't, his photography's done, but he was more in a position. Remember I said, analyze your industry. What businesses are really industry proof? I learned that the hair salon is not, but like digital branding and marketing right now is as long as the internet is around, people will need branding. Yeah. And it's easier to package hair servicing in a branding experience because the regulations become different. Yeah. You know, I don't have to on the other side of this pandemic, there's gonna be scrutiny on the salons, like new sanitation laws. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be crazy. So all of that to say, like, as people continue to tune into my channel, if you go there right now, you see a lot of the jabs that I've been throwing. Yeah. Like the contest, the giveaways. I gave away free haircuts for a year, right? Wow. And ran a whole campaign. I've done some challenges, like musical challenges. I got a hashtag, spread gems, not germs. Hmm. And it's like, it's a call to other creative artists to like record music in the same way. Like, so I established the visual delivery. They yeah. challenged other guys to do it under that hashtag. And that's gotten some notoriety. And now in my most recent one, at the end of that rap, I announced that I was releasing an ebook and I did a soft launch for an ebook and I'm building out the marketing material for that as built as bending the curve gets finalized as my own yeah. personal brand. So I'm building all these things that on the other side of COVID, I'm going to be able to hit the ground running. Yeah. And what I was, what I battled with is cause I've wanted to get in front of listeners this whole time. But I, I like, if you rush, to try to tell other people how to do it, you'll miss the precious moments of doing it yourself. Hmm. Cause like, like if I had to worry about, okay, while you're building out these things for yourself, you know, people need encouragement. So start your podcast right now. But again, focus is a commodity. So I realized like, no, just do it for yourself first. That industry is going to be that much more pivotal to help churches and small business owner bridge this gap and bend this curve of transitioning what they might be used to in a physical realm into a digital realm. And even if they have the skill and the wherewithal, wherewithal to learn, they're going to need a team of experts to step in quickly and can yeah. execute quickly because the name of the game now is fast. Things are going to be changing quickly and you need experts. And that's the value that I want to start adding 
coming out of it. That's, I read a book and this is where we could probably end this session. Um, man, we, we'll do a third when I'll come back <laughs> later, man, or whatever. Uh, cause I hope, I, I think that this session at least helped button up yeah, a lot sure. of the stuff in the first one. For sure. Um, and we can, we can get down in the weeds on some of the tactical stuff in a future session position. Your product is the answer to somebody's question on Google. You will not survive. You won't. I, I listen, I'm a, I'm a save this audio and maybe five, 10, 15 years from now, where like not having anything online is a, you're not even considered serious in business. Yeah. <laughs> you can get by with it. Now you can be a lawyer right now and still be making six figures without any online presence. There will be a time where that's over. Because as millennials and 20-year-olds become adults, they've been accustomed to finding their next meal through yeah. online. So I just want to be a part of that revolution and help and partnering with other industry leaders who are doing that. Because I've spent the past five, six years in building teams and also studying social media and also investing in how to brand people. And for the world changers, I want to partner with them, the next pastor, the pastor uh, or the business owner, or the podcast owner, whoever, you know, like, I know I need to pivot, but I need to pivot fast. And that dude, Trace Carter can help me bend the curve. That's and awesome. I, I want to be a part of that tribe. I want to be a part of that tribe that's leading this digital revolution. Hey, so thank you so much. Hey, as we wrap this the second episode up, will you pray again? Um, you shared the story, you know, of this 2020 has been a tough time. And maybe as someone um, listened to this episode, they uh, they resonated with that. And um, they also have been going through a tough time. Maybe they, as you shared, you had been going seven days a week for um, a lot, a lot. And uh, things just kind of converged there on that February the 13th. Will you pray for the audience and pray for somebody that that resonated with them? And as mm. the COVID time, mm. they found themselves in a place. And um, as you said, mm. and shared all along, what's in the house? And as they begin yeah, to yeah. see what God has for them and they begin to yeah. look at that, that God will provide healing in relationships and, and fresh vision and fresh insight for the future. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. God, you know exactly who was in that February 13th moment. Uh, you, you know, everyone who was in that moment where businesses are shutting down, streams of income are evaporating, savings are dissolving future retirements are collapsing. People are in chaos. But God, I'm so grateful that even when there's a storm on the boat, you still find a way to rest and find and, and be asleep in the bottom of the boat uh, and come up and calm the storm. So Father God, I, I'm calling out to you. I'm appealing to the God who, who tells the ocean what to do, who is in control of the situation, all the financial markets, the the virus itself. Father, a word from your mouth could overtake the COVID virus. So the fact that you haven't done it lets me know that in some way, shape, or form that's beyond me, you are yet using it to develop your people and draw them closer to you. So I just pray for that person who is struggling right now, who is has lost sight of who they are, who's in a in a very chaotic situation. The relationships at home are being exposed because work and school was an escape. So the fact that people have to be at home more often, it is putting so much pressure on families. It's driving wedges in relationship. People are at their wits end. I pray, Father God, that you would raise up just a fresh revelation of the simplistic gospel of Jesus Christ in their lives and how that relates to them. Because 
even though they might have been saved for years and years and years, but that fresh revelation of I am a son of God, the king of kings who owns everything and is in control of all things. I am his son. And the way that I, as an imperfect father, love my kids and will do anything for them and will fight tooth and nail to make sure that they have what they need. And if I have excess, I will give them what they want, (laughs) give them their heart's desires and be there to support them. Their greatest mistake will never make me take back my last name from them. When they get that fresh revelation that that is how you look at us in a more perfect and complete way, that Father God brings about such a peace God, that I pray for anybody on this call that needs that, God, you would move by your spirit to deliver that. But that also, God, on the other side of that peace, you would give them a plan. You would bring about provision that helps them to not only pacify this current pandemic, but it positions them to prosper into in tomorrow's future, whatever you have in mind for them. So, God, I love you. I trust you and you alone. I know that you're the source of all creativity and wisdom, and I pray that you would pour that out a hundredfold over those who are listening on this call and that uh, we can move into a new normal uh, with priorities aligned with yours. And we pray all this done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.